0: Good afternoon and welcome to this holy week edition of Nation I'm your host, Lisa Tuggle, and I'm hoping that you are having right now the holiest holy week ever. So, you know, today is Holy Thursday or Monday Thursday as it came to be known in the English speaking world. So Maundy, what does that mean? Maundy, M-A-U-N-D-Y, comes from the Latin word mandatum, Or commandment okay remember that the Lord said I give you a new commandment love one another as I have loved you and he showed that most prominently in his last supper with his disciples and his crucifixion his passion and death and resurrection which we celebrate uh, this Easter Triduum okay so Next to my dining room table, I have a depiction of Jesus washing the feet of Peter on Holy Thursday. So this day is, takes a prominent uh, position in our home for all, you know, uh, all the days of the year. So uh, this, d- this uh, Holy Thursday picture, it really dominates the wall next to our dining room table, and it sets the tone for what happens there as we dine. So it's a reminder to be gracious and to serve one another lovingly while at table. You know, a table is like an altar where bread is broken and drink is shared. A communal meal is entirely different from eating alone. Do you know that? I mean, eating alone, it's like snacking. It's not a meal at all, really. Now you can always call someone Or you could eat with your um, saints and angels or or through, you can eat with the Bible and read. So if you're alone and can't eat with anybody, you know, you could find some kind of communion with um, the Word of God while you eat. But just eating by yourself, that's not a meal. It's, It's like snacking. But when two or more are gathered together in His name, and yes, that means you need to physically pray together in His name before and after the meal, Then the Eternal Father, the creator of your bodies and souls through the Eternal Son together with the Holy Spirit resides in your midst. How wonderful is that? I mean, it's it's a real sacramental to have a meal. How you conduct yourselves at a meal is to live the Kingdom of God right here and right now. So when you eat together with friends or family. And really, for the love of God, please make sure this happens as often as possible if you are a family. When you eat together, practice the many arts of the virtue of love. For example, love does not take greedily for oneself without thinking what will be left over for others okay love serves others first so you could do this by you know having the meal uh, set out on the table and you pass things around and you know you politely ask to um, you know, have the potatoes or whatever and um, you serve one another so the second thing love does not argue okay how many times have you actually argued at the dinner table it's really not a good time there are other times maybe you feel like you don't have enough time after dinner but you really need to talk about serious things after dinner or touch upon them lightly without arguing without getting into an argument see love finds common ground in polite conversation so find common ground when you eat together when you share a meal with your family members or friends or acquaintances. Third, love attracts so like a light that draws a moth. Love draws people in you know and if they're ignorant, then your love will draw them to the truth okay if they're if they have bad manners, your example will draw them into um more polite manners you know so love attracts it doesn't just judge or call people out it attracts to the truth love also does not force or coerce so love does not manipulate to get its way or strive to be acknowledged as right especially in an argument love wins when there is union of mind and heart so you do what you can to Bring union of mind and heart um, in, you know, with the people uh, around you. You may not totally agree on everything, but bring union of mind and heart as much as possible. That's when love wins. Um, in the other scenario, when you're not loving, somebody wins and somebody loses. And if somebody loses, no one really wins. So when lo- so love wins when uh, you can find common ground. Now love is other centered Um, You know, there's a great book by Martin Buber. It's a small book called I and Thou And that is a lot about how to be other centered. So love is other centered and Thoughtfully receives the opinions or dispositions and needs of others even when they are unpleasant or strange so uh, love receives and love rejoices in what is good there, and hopes for righteousness and truth to prevail in all circumstances. So love, enduring in prayer and patience to the end, never fails, alright? Now the pinnacle of the Holy Thursday New Passover meal is the sealing of the new covenant in Christ's blood in the offering of the pure Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now we hear that, we've heard that before, but what does it mean? You know, this is what is celebrated at every Catholic Mass from the beginning, from that Last Supper of Jesus and his disciples, which was the new Passover meal, which Christ, you know, instructed his disciples to continue to celebrate, to do this in remembrance of me. That is now and always has been what we now call the Holy mass, the Catholic mass. Okay. This, this is the great secret that so many beautiful followers of Christ still do not comprehend. Even Catholics often uh, treat it as though it's nothing. This is a powerful, powerful secret. So let us pray that we all may be one as a family of God, united in the sharing of the sacred passover meal together in the mass it is a mystical meal in which the sacrifice of the holy 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 lamb of god is received anew by us in a mystical unbloody way with prayer eaten together with unleavened bread so we have bread and meat and wine and blood all together in this Holy Sacrament. Now remember when the Israelites were preparing to leave Egypt, the night that they ate an unblemished lamb, sprinkling the blood of the lamb on their doorposts and lintels, and they ate unleavened bread with their traveling clothes on, ready to begin the journey from captivity and slavery to freedom and and to a new land that the Lord would give them okay remember all that remember how the sentence which Pharaoh had passed on the firstborn of all the Israelites namely that they would be slain in the morning all of this was turned around and against him by the hand of the Almighty God and the Egyptians instead uh, you know felt this sentence passed on them so how God sent the angel of death to Egypt taking back the breath of life God had given to the firstborn children of the Egyptians, uh, but passing over the homes of the Israelites who obeyed the command to mark their homes with the blood of the lamb and eat the Passover meal. So you remember all that, remember how that happened? Um, In this way, the Israelites, captive in slavery, were set free And that was the first Passover, which the Jews still celebrate to this day. But now we have the new Passover that Jesus instituted. The new Passover is a fulfillment of the old, which brings the first Passover to a new miraculous height of God's power and love. This new Passover sets us free from slavery to sin and selfishness. That's the power of Holy Communion in the Mass. This new Passover takes the unblemished Lamb of Sacrifice of the first Passover to a whole new level. The unblemished Lamb of God is Jesus Christ Himself in flesh and blood. And that flesh and blood, His body, blood, soul, and timeless divinity, remains today it's poured out as an atonement for sins in the passion and crucifixion of Christ 2000 years ago and it is renewed today in the Catholic mass and all of this is inextricably linked to the meal that Christ shared with his disciples on that first Holy Thursday the Last Supper which becomes the first supper of the New Covenant the first mass in which Christ is mystically shared with the partakers of the bread and wine on the table of the altar. The altar is a table from which we must all come to eat at the banquet of the Lord now, and I suspect in the life to come. This, you know, Scott Hahn suggests in his book, The Lamb's High Feast, um, that the Catholic mass can be discovered in the book of Revelations and some of the events that are described there. So, at any rate, the enormous consequence of the new Passover meal, which we celebrate today, cannot be overstated. You know, Christ's Passover meal with his disciples is kind of like part one of a two-part passion. You know, you cannot separate the Passover meal from the sacrifice of the Passover lamb on the cross, a sacrifice which, with unbroken bones would be offered to serve as food in a cosmic, mystical way for all time. Is not Christ the supreme host? And do we not call what we receive a host at Mass? It is Christ, the perfectly gracious host, that we receive at this banquet of self-gift that Christ offers us each day in the Catholic Mass. So have you been to Mass recently, or ever? If this is a strange concept to you, why not slip into the back of a Catholic church this Easter and experience the Holy Mass for yourself? You may not be ready yet to take communion from the altar because first you need to be formally invited to the banquet, but if this is your desire, talk to the priest about it after the Mass and he can arrange for you to begin your journey to the altar. Okay, so those of you who know well what the Mass is about, permit me to share with you a few more thoughts on how the Holy Mass is the culmination of the virtues of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't stop at keeping rules, that's not what he was about. He didn't stay away from sinners to keep himself ritually clean like the Pharisees did. You know, He went to them and he drew them to the truth. He drew them by the power of his great love and mercy. So this is really what the mass is about. Remember, um, he says, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. So when the host is lifted up at mass, he draws all to him. In a mystical reality, that's extremely powerful. If you've been a Catholic all your life, like I have, I have personal encounter with mystical realities in the Mass that you just can't explain to somebody who hasn't experienced it. But if you begin, if you make that just step of faith and trust and just try to receive what is there at the Mass, you know, great and beautiful, wonderful things will happen. So this is the culmination of all the virtues. Christ's love for us. So virtues can be practiced in a way that's sort of pharisaical. Like, oh, I'm so righteous and good. I did this and I did this and I did this. But it's really not about your human achievement. You know, virtue, the life of virtue is the Christian way because it's about being humble before the Lord and receiving the grace of his presence, which then takes you over and lives in you. And that's how, by his strength, we can live the life of virtue, which culminates in the virtue of love, which can be expressed in hospitality shown in a meal with your family members, friends, or acquaintances. Okay. So as we have said in this series on the virtues, the Christian way is not a way of keeping rules or keeping clean of separating ourselves from sinners as the Pharisees did to keep the law of Moses. You know, perhaps there was a time for that. And certainly we are still required to abstain from sinful lives that is from the breaking of the Ten Commandments, and we have to avoid bad companionship. You don't, you don't want to do, uh, um, you don't really, well, it's a sin against uh, prudence and wisdom to fall in with bad companions who are gonna make you sin, who are gonna give you drugs or lead you to do things you ought not to do, okay, deadly things. But besides avoiding bad companionship, we need to love people especially people in our families who sin okay just as jesus did and draw them to the truth with the many and various ways that the heart of love finds to do that so we very much need to keep the ten commandments we need to resurrect the understanding now more than ever in our nation and around the world of the ten commandments now at a time when unjust laws are being passed that undermine the law of the commandments, which alone are the bedrock of a just human society. Okay, so we must keep the commandments. But now the Pharisees kept all the man-made laws of ritual purity, about 600 of them, that were developed over time as well. And I suspect this happened on account of the fact that the people's, you know, the people had a lack of understanding of how to live the spirit of the law of God given to Moses. So Jesus Christ, knowing the law fully and being its author, came as a man to show us the way to live the spirit of the law. To keep the law within the heart first so that the law sets us free to live full and rich human lives in love together with others. So when we keep the spirit of the law in our hearts, and not just the letter of the law in our actions, our life begins to express truth. Truth, which is embodied in the second person of the Trinity, the person of Jesus Christ, the God-man. And in the Easter Triduum Mysteries, beginning with the Mass of the Lord's Supper, the embodied truth we encounter is this. There is no more gracious host in all of the history of the universe than the Lord our God. God, who is a trinity of persons, a family, a community of relations within his very self. God's self is a communal banquet of love, of perpetual self-offering and sharing of life in love. Okay? So what do we take away from this? the celebration of Maundy Thursday. You are not an island. Your very being is created to be in communion. First and foremost with the God who conceived you in his mind and heart before you came to exist. And secondly, with the people around you with whom you must nurture holy family relationships and holy communion friendships. You see, it's that's the mandatum, that's the commandment love God and love one another. It seems simple, but how easy we forget the reason for our being. You know, the greatest virtue of the Christian way of living is holy charity. It's the commandment of love, rightly ordered by the presence of the other virtues that we've been discussing. Because Sometimes we get false ideas about what it means to love, so we have to love but temper all of that love with prudence and wisdom and Justice and fortitude and all of those things, all those virtues that make love really love, because all the virtues need one another to really shine as truly as as love as virtues, and of course love makes all the virtues uh, come alive. Otherwise, they're just dead, um, Pharisaical law keeping. You know, and what you know, remember what Jesus called the Pharisees? He called them like whitewashed tombs. It's kind of scary, but you know, really clean but just dead. So that's not what love is. Love is alive. Sometimes it gets messy. You know, Jesus got de- deadly messy for us out of love for us. So don't be afraid to dig in and get messy with the people in your life who are living in sin. Don't avoid them. Go to them. Get Sidle up next to them in their messiness in their troubles in their difficulties and do all in your power to bring the order of the virtues to bear in their lives you know this is the love that we we learn from Monday, Thursday okay so let's circle back to sacred meals with the rhythm of work and school and sports or exercise and recreation and any number of human commitments we may have Let's take time to break bread together in our homes with true, gracious hospitality. A hospitality that embodies Jesus Christ, the host, that feeds the world with so much gracious love in the Most Holy Eucharist. Okay. And secondly, you know, Jesus washing the feet of his disciples before the meal, let's remember that too. And let's not be afraid to get ourselves a little dirty to help wash the uh, feet of our neighbors in a, an analogical way you know, in and in the sense of um, helping them with their troubles. Okay, so um, now, of course, when we practice hospitality, we don't need to be unnatural about this, literally washing other people's feet when they come into to eat at our houses, no. But love finds a way to show love in a non ostentatious way, a way that is gentle and sweet and almost un- imperceptible. You know, people just feel it. You know, whether you are male or female, it does not matter. You know, Jesus was a man. So even men can practice the arts of hospitality and gracious serving at table, as well as women who traditionally assume such a role in the family. In fact, I would go far to, uh, so far as to say that a married couple makes a good representation of Christ at table together, of a priest, even, who celebrates Mass. I mean, imagine there is much that could be drawn from St. John Paul the Great's Theology of the Body to support this idea. But anyway, I will leave it at that for now, and maybe we'll pick that up another week. So that's all for today. The virtue of this week is holy charity, self-sacrificing love that loves the beloved even when the beloved seems unlovable and um, so I hope these thoughts have been a blessing for you and in friendship and familial love I wish you a holy and happy Easter Triduum oh and by the way the Council of Catholic Women sent me a link to a video that you might want to watch today or or on Good Friday it contains excerpts of The Passion of the Christ, the movie, and it's set to beautiful music, and it is worth consuming with the eyes and the heart, especially at this time. So I'll include that link in the description of this podcast, and hopefully it will stay active you know, into the future. If not, I apologize in advance. Well, um, so anyway, that's all for now. God bless you and your family, and as always, please know that I am praying in a special way for all those who support this ministry and for all of you who listen. So thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll connect again next week. Uh, bye now.